Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. We are in beautiful Starkville, Mississippi. And something about this scene, if you heard from the last episode, it is filled with artists. And I've been following Plum's journey for some time, and I love the realness of it. And uh, she is not afraid of some of the things that she does to herself, and she expresses that with her art. So, Plum, welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for having me. That was so kind. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Thank you. And for you to be as open as you are on your social media about... Because when I started following you, you know, uh, when you came to Porch Fest and I Mm -hmm. got really involved with your art, I was like, I love it. But I really didn't understand, like, you know, well, I wonder what inspired her to do it, you know? I didn't mm-hmm. know the backdrop. I didn't. I was like, maybe she's a horror film fan or, you know, whatever else, right? So it's good to sit down with you today. Uh, tell me a little bit about where you're from. Um, so I was born in Texas. I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, spent most of my life there. In that art scene, started doing commissions and stuff when I was 11. And then I came here for school. I went to MSU, dropped out during COVID, and just started, like, pursuing the the art stuff. I apprenticed with some tattoo shops for a little bit, um, decided that wasn't really what I wanted to do. And then I went back to Nashville for a bit and worked and tried to, like, regroup went to therapy, all that good stuff. Um, And then I came back here, and I work for the university now. I'm a scientific illustrator. So Nice. It's a good little journey so far. All right, so uh, how old were you when you moved to Nashville? You said you started doing commission work when you were 11? Yeah, so there was this, um, like, I used to just, I had, like, it's kind of cliche, but I had like my sketchbook and I took it everywhere with me and I had a little binder with all these drawings in it. And so like we would take it to restaurants and the waitresses just like loved it and they were so sweet. And then we went to this one Mexican restaurant, I believe, and the waitress was like obsessed with my work and she showed it to their manager who like it was pretty small. So they were also the owner. And then they commissioned me to draw this big like guitar piece I think for their wall and that was the first commission I think I ever did that wasn't for like my nana you know yeah cool and so uh just early age out the gate was it was it always art um I wanted to be an art teacher when I was really really little like in kindergarten we had career day and I dressed up as like a elementary school art teacher so I was always definitely interested um and then as I got older I got really into like English and I did really well in those classes and I wanted to be a writer or still a teacher um but I've always loved like human anatomy and stuff like that as well and those were also classes that I like excelled in the most and so I had a lot of like compounding interests it was hard to get them all in one place I feel like I figured out 
how to do it now though i feel like they all mesh together pretty well it seems like you you come from like a very um best way to put it uh creative family yeah i do growing up in nashville definitely like there was no end to the opportunities that i had available to me and then my mom's always been interested in like creative business she has her MBA, so more like the, the marketing, managing side of things. And then my dad and his family are all really big music people. Um, his second cousin, I believe, used to work for Dolly Parton as like her, um, make all her costumes. So Small I apprenticed world. for her, I know, for a little bit. I wanted to sew. Uh, we have a lot of artists in our family, so I got a lot of like cautionary tales, but also a lot of support and supporting me choosing that as like my my career path what was some of the cautionary like what were some of the warnings um it was the same as like when you tell people that you want to be a teacher or they're just like you're not going to make a lot of money doing that yeah. and my dad's an anesthesiologist too so he he kind of knows what it's like to make a lot of money mm-hmm. um and how it feels to not have that so i think they all just wanted me to have like a really a really comfortable life and they were really worried about that but it's turned out pretty well so far i'm doing pretty okay yes yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing especially like i guess now that i'm older and uh, i played a show friday night at monson's i was covering uh, for a friend who had, he got sick and needed somebody to fill his gig mm-hmm. and i had just met the, this kid uh the night before at the open mic i was hosting and i could tell like he hadn't really played out a whole lot. Yeah. Um, you could tell he'd, he'd played in his bedroom. He's, he was a very good guitar player, and I, and I like his voice. Mm-hmm. But it was a giveaway to me. It was like uh, mic control, like as oh, far as yeah. like when he was he was in and out. And he didn't. I was like, man, you got to make out with that thing. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and even like with his voice, as he got more comfortable, you could tell that he was more comfortable. Oh, absolutely. And so like after he got done playing, he had walked outside and I was like, dude, I'm playing the show here tomorrow. And I would, I'd like for you to open for me mm-hmm. if you're okay with that. Because he's out of Saltillo, you know, north of Tupelo right now. And I don't know what brought him down to Columbus to that open mic. But I, and he's telling me, he's, I, I'm thinking about moving to Columbus and I'm just trying to find my place. And I was like, well, you found a good place. It was fate. Yeah. <laughs> and so, of, of, and just after he played and after the show was over, I was just sharing things about, you know, I was like, if you want to pursue it, like open mics are fun, playing shows are fun. And I was like, but it is not, it's not what you think. <laughs> no. There's definitely, there's a lot of pros and a lot of cons to pursuing that kind of career I think I got really lucky because I had a lot of good people around me and so especially for being like a a visual artist with an interest in more scientific type illustration you know like all the anatomy and all of my pieces and everything um I definitely got dealt a pretty good hand uh working for the university but like before I was doing that I was like waitressing and doing art events like when I could Mm -hmm. and it's it feels glamorous at first because you're like oh my gosh I'm an artist and like everyone sees me as an artist but no one really tells you like what artist money is supposed to look like outside of like classical artists like Picasso and Van Gogh and stuff like that and I mean I feel like they weren't super wealthy when they were around either I feel like their stuff gathered more value after they died it seems that way with everything right yeah i'm just hoping that mine does the same honestly yeah it'll be good for whoever's left in the family yeah, right good for my kids or something i guess <laughs> oh well as you were coming up and i guess this might lead to startable mm-hmm. or maybe not uh from that time of doing commissions in Nashville, walking it up to today, like uh, as far as the style of media and what you used to create on, has that developed over the years and just uh, just your craft as a whole and what you're interested in doing? Absolutely. Um, I didn't really have a whole lot of 
guidance as far as like style goes I was in a lot of like advanced art classes but they really just push you especially in like APs and stuff like that to just be extremely classical and traditional and just follow like traditional technique and so everyone's stuff kind of ends up coming out the same and you would get like points docked I have a lot of beef with art education um but you would get like points docked if anything was stylistic at all um but I mainly worked like pen and ink and watercolor paper until I graduated high school and then I came here and didn't really do anything art-wise for a while I was so focused on my English major and I was I had like multiple majors and minors and it was a whole thing because I my initial plan was to teach English in South Korea so I was like learning Korean and doing like TASOL training and stuff like that and it was Small a world. lot and I was taking like linguistic classes <clears throat> sorry and stuff like that I studied that in college for a time too and it's weird that we're talking about South Korea uh, my friend who's like a brother he was a foreign exchange student mm-hmm uh, my 11th grade year in high school, and uh, he was there for that entire year, and, like, we just bonded, you know, and he, I wake up this morning to a text from him, it's, morning, dumbass, and I was like, <laughs> thanks, man, it's good to hear from you, yeah, it's just the way that we talk to you're each like, other. like, now it is a good morning. Yeah, it is now, yeah, <laughs> so, ho, if you're out there, shout out, buddy, but, um, uh, I was, I was big into that during college, too, like, uh, ESL stuff and mm-hmm. just because it's the trade language of the world yeah and, and it's in such high demand and there's so few people that are willing to do it and that are I think patient enough to do it either here or overseas even in like really really I don't mean to be like <laughs> shitting on the academic everything oh, I, 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 I'll do it if you don't <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just, like, I think maybe a lot of, like, nationalist teachers that are very, like, you need to get it or you need to leave. And so I just wanted to, like, have more have more patience. Yeah. I've always wanted to be, like, a very kind and patient teacher. And I student taught um, in high school for a little bit. And so I was, like, so sure that's where my path was going to be. But then, like, as far as my medium goes, I didn't draw digitally until I... I'd already left school, and then I was apprenticing, and they made me get an iPad. And I was like, well, this is great. And so I've only been doing it for, I would say, about like two and a half, maybe three years. And so, so I'm still fairly new to it. And most everything on your Instagram is that digital? Mm-hmm. Cool. That's my preferred medium. I have, I think some people think it's lazy, <laughs> but I have my own, like, um, I don't know, methodology for it. And it's just nice that I can take it anywhere. And, like, <laughs> the undo button really gives me a lot of... I feel like not having that prevented me from doing things earlier on. Because I've always been, like, such a perfectionist. So sure. it's definitely made it more of in like... Made the process more accessible, I think, yeah, to sure. people like that, uh, for sure. I've dabbled in you know, drawing and trying to create things, especially when it comes to maybe trying to draw a concept for a song if I was to make art for mm-hmm. it. And it's the same way. I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to that. It's God, like, yeah. uh, if I, it's not a pen with an eraser. And even then, it's like, I, that's not enough. It's not, it's never fully gone. Yeah. <laughs> I struggle with that a lot in, like, my moral life and just in art in general. And you can't really, like, go away from it. You just kind of have to work around it, I feel like. It doesn't really sure. go anywhere. And so, uh, I, we're, in, we're in college. We're changing majors, English major, mm-hmm. lots of different minors. Uh, what would prompt you to decide, you know what, I don't care? Well, I, I always cared. I've always loved, like, academia... I just really, my freshman year was a really hard time for me, and not for, I think, the the normal reasons. Like, I loved being away from home. I loved being independent. Just a lot of kind of unkind people, I think, and I didn't really have a support system there yet 
to like protect me from that everyone was just kind of pushing me into circles that weren't really good for me and then I had like finally found my place and my people and classes that I loved and I was kind of recovering um from just like some not good stuff that had gone down and then COVID hit which is like (laughs) I feel like the thing that everybody says because it's kind of the turning point to end all turning points but um I tried to push through with school anyways and it was my I think my second semester sophomore year maybe that COVID happened and so I didn't really get that much like normal college experience and then I was kind of thrust into online school and I pushed through it as much as I could um went home for the summer came back started a new semester got a job it was just really really lonely and with an English major it's very like discussion based and you're always going to be around people except you're not and so that was really isolating and really difficult to work through and then the only coping mechanism that I really had that was consistent was the the art stuff and then I just kind of leaned more on that and started focusing more on that because I just couldn't online school has never been for me and I don't learn that way I honestly don't think it's for anybody it's so bad I've I was working on my master's and um I was living in Mobile and studying online in New Orleans, and I would go every couple of weeks to uh, to the seminary mm-hmm. and um, to check in with professors and sit down and you know actually have class. And I did one semester of that, and I was like, uh, "I'm not, I'm not going to move forward with this." No, it, it takes like, you, all you the ha- joy. You have it. straight A's, you know. It, every, everything is fine, and I was like, "Yeah, it's like this is literally like teaching me everything I already knew about academia." It's like yeah. I could buy this book and I could read it, and like this, I don't need the lecture now. I mean, mm-hmm. you proved that to me, and I was like, "And all these tests." You just, I've got the book in front of me. I don't, I don't have anybody, like, there's no rails. It's, it's really hard, especially if you, like, in your earlier academic career at all, were kind of an overachiever. I know I was definitely the kid that, like, always finished the book when they told us to just read two chapters. Like, I didn't really know how to pace myself the way that they were trying to pace us. And so that became really, really difficult in college just in general even before online but especially with online because like I don't know there was no one around you to be like you can stop now so just like Mm -hmm. the pressure to keep going and then like if you're in an apartment with roommates then your room is your classroom and I feel like that really messes with I don't know just having your space it doesn't feel like your space anymore you always feel like you're supposed to be doing something even working from home like I can't whenever I'm like illustrating at home for the university I can't do it in my bedroom I have to do it down here or like being in my bedroom makes me feel like I have to be working I get that like with some of the uh some of the online work I've done I would if it was being done at home I would literally go to like a cafe or somewhere just yeah. you know because like you said it's like just I, a change I, of scenery I, that and i don't want to associate like the privacy of my bedroom to work absolutely you it's so hard to get out of it once you're in it and then you just i don't know but i am very bad at like i'm not good at giving myself free time like i always have to be doing something that's productive and i don't really know where that came from but I've always had it. I think I come from just a really productive family that works really hard and values that a lot. And, like, I was extremely depressed in middle school and high school, but, like, pushed through it and got multiple jobs, and, like, I got praised for that. And so now, like, especially with the working from home, like, your home is no longer your calm space. It's just, like, more pressure to be productive. So that was really, really difficult. And then, like, I just experienced a lot of weird mental health issues in that time. And that's the stuff I've been trying to, I think, be more open about 
on like my Instagram and stuff be more open to talking about like that kind of weird, like, chemical metamorphosis that happened where my uh, medication wasn't working anymore. Yeah. And I was like, I called my dad, and I was like, I don't, it's not doing what it's supposed to. And it was. It was just that my, I mean, my issues had evolved and things had been triggered that are just either, like, hereditary or kind of already there. And it was just completely new. And then I didn't have anybody around me to like talk me through it and so that definitely played a really big part in me feeling like trapped in school because home also was where all my support was and school was keeping me away from everybody that I knew sure what would make you decide on Mississippi State um one of my friends uh their parents were alumni and they used to talk about it all the time and it was honestly just the furthest thing. Like, it was furthest away from where I lived. It was, I think, like, four and a half, five hours from Nashville. Mm-hmm. And so that was a really big selling point for me. Um, I got a lot of, like, private English scholarships. A lot of emails from people being like, we love English majors. We're rooting for you. Because I declared, like, before I went to the university which I think is the best thing to do if you want any sort of, like, scholarship money outside of FAFSA. Um, yeah, sure. But, yeah, my dream school um, might be a surprise, but it was not Mississippi State. It was Sarah Lawrence in upstate New York, and I was obsessed with their writing program, and it's just, like, this liberal arts school. How did you find school. out about them? I've never heard of it. Yoko Ono went there. Really? Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, I love her. <laughs> so I read into it a little bit. And in high school, I did a lot of like writing seminars over the summer. And they offered one. And they just have a lot of really established authors that came from there. And like for that being what I wanted to do at the time, that was a really big deal. But upstate New York is so expensive. Yes, it and is. I looked at the... They have, I mean, you know, like on their admissions page... They have examples of writing that they think is, like, peak writing. Like, the the cream of the crop that got accepted. And it just didn't resonate with me at all. I, it felt... It wasn't my writing style, and it felt a little bit more, like, pretentious. A little bit more focused on just getting, like, the, the structure down. And not really so focused on, like, what you're saying. I think the first one that I read was about, like leaves on trees and i was like this place is not for me (laughs) and then mississippi state was just like my only backup so and i really loved it when i went there COVID was really the only thing that stopped me and i still love it like as an employee of the university it's a great place i think yeah i couldn't imagine um being a student in high school or college during that time it was so like everything was so up in the air and you you didn't you didn't know what the tomorrow was going to bring you didn't know next week uh, I mean, the whole thing was insane. Absolutely, um, and like the. And I was talking with a coworker today, mm-hmm. and uh, um, we got on it briefly, and I was like, you know, a lot of people I've noticed still haven't, like now that the world has kind of gone back to its pace. You don't really come out of. A it. lot of people haven't come back. No, the isolation, like whether it was forced on you or it was by choice i just was so go 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 before and Mm. then i think it really taught me to slow slow down down and that i didn't need to be around people all the time and i think a lot of other people realize that too people don't really have like at least the people that i've been around there's a lot less of that like compulsive need to hang out with everybody and like go out and do stuff everyone's just slowed down a lot and i'm i'm a big fan of it i don't really mind but it is different that is uh, something that uh my friend circle picked up i mean we used to you know we would have before we would have days dedicated to where we're gonna meet here and we're gonna have drinks Mm -hmm. and then when all that hit it it turned more into hey we're gonna be at so-and-so's house we're gonna do a bonfire bring this yeah and it kind of like made the tribe a little stronger but at the Mm -hmm. same time it's like i don't see you out anymore it's like none of us are it's really different i i was always very socially anxious 
um, and I was a big partier my freshman year, and I think, like, I don't know, drinking was just really easy because it helps you kind of mask all of that stuff. And so Absolutely. I thought that that was like what I, I thought that that was fun for me. And then I realized as soon as I was away from it that it was just not fun at all. It was not what I wanted to be doing. And I'm kind of glad to be away from that, but I don't really know how to push myself to be more extroverted anymore. Like I'm still figuring that out. I'm still very much online now. I haven't really been able to well, separate. I really appreciated from that. you coming out uh, to Porch Fest. Yeah, it was really fun. I had an amazing time. And I've open invitation for uh, April thirteenth of next year. I'll be there. So, come on, I've, and I think that'll that, that'll be a Saturday. And I think instead of two days, I'm just going to do one big day. Mm-hmm. I haven't decided yet. Um, I've got a lot of people in my ears, and they saying different things. So. Yeah. He's like, no, I'll keep it at two. I really liked that it was all in the same space. I liked having the, I don't know, it felt a lot more like homogenous. Yeah. I struggle with events where like the art it's and the music spread. are in separate spaces. Yeah. Cause like I want to experience the music too. And everyone was just so great. And it was definitely very laid back, but in like the best way. And everyone that came up and talked to me was just so kind and like, open to conversation which is just you don't get that at a lot of events anymore I, and i hope we maintain that because that is the vibe like that is the vibe of the show mm-hmm. and i feel like the listeners like that's their jam and the people who come to the festivals that is their jam and i like jamming the the artists and mm-hmm. the craftsmen and those people inside and it's like if i could put you by the stage i would you know yeah but, you know We'll, we'll get you wherever we can get you. <laughs> I definitely think that everything that you do and encourage in other people, I think it will definitely be that way for as long as you want to keep it up. Because, I mean, just the location and the people that are interested in it, like, it all just gives way to that kind of crowd, which is so perfect. It's so rare nowadays that everyone, like, doesn't seem super stressed out. Yeah. Leave all that to me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's let's move it up to um, to today. And uh, a post that really prompted this conversation <laughs> is uh, I I was curious about your art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we'll plug the socials at the end if they. I would love for them to check it out. Yeah. I, may, I may share one of that your would be great. one of your uh, pictures online. A mm-hmm. uh, little reshare on that, but uh, to get people an idea. But where did that character come from and like just where did it come from character <laughs> yeah what character which post are we talking about oh uh, or just like my whole persona in the, the whole pers- the persona itself yeah oh gosh um it's a long story i hope that's okay i love it let's go <laughs> um I haven't really ever talked a lot about this before. Well, share as much as you're comfortable with. <laughs> one of the main reasons that I left school was because of my mental health. And towards the end, after I'd already left, I went to... I was institutionalized for a, a brief period. I'd had, like, a... I'd been in, like, a manic episode for, like, five or six months. And I was at a hospital. I, I won't say where... It was not a, not a good time for me um, for a little while, and then I was sent back home, and it was like doctor's orders. I had to live. I couldn't live alone, and so that was when I went back to Nashville, and I like ended my lease early in my apartment, and I started doing uh, dialectical behavioral therapy, which is mostly for people who have any form of emotional dysregulation, but... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It had been suggested that I had a borderline personality disorder by the people that were in the hospital with me um, when I was doing therapy with them one-on-one before I left. And they wrote me some little, like, recommendations for types of therapy I should check out. And DBT just seems like the best for me. And we had one-on-one therapy. And my therapist was always reachable. I could text her. We had, like, 30-minute phone conversations. It was super lax in the way it was set up. Like, there were still boundaries. But it was just, like, someone you could always talk to, which I really, really needed. And then we had group therapy. And... It was a really big change for me because, and I'm not like a therapist or anything, so I can't give like an in-depth explanation of how it works, but you just kind of go through all of your behaviors and find the root cause of them, and then you just try to like break that down and replace it with different types of thoughts, different types of thinking. So you have to kind of rewire your whole brain Because chemically, it's not really set up to be that way if you have, like, a dysregulatory disorder like BPD or HPD or anything like that. Sure. And I was completely isolated while I was doing this therapy. Like, I worked, and I came home, and I did that, and that was it. And the art was a really, really big, like, way for me to get my, my feelings out, how I was feeling about myself. And I just kind of posted it on Instagram to hold myself accountable for finishing it and it felt like a little gallery space for myself and like my friends and stuff i wasn't really shout out to the basket huh shout out to the basket oh absolutely i'm so happy to have it now um i initially had a different instagram and i had like 10 15 000 followers on it by the end and then it got taken down oh no um, but I think that was really good for me. That's all the black and white stuff. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I know some people know have. Um, whoever came to the very first Midnight Bazaar, that was um, the work that I had. But like, it all started just for me to hold myself accountable. And it was a really, really good coping mechanism for me. Because um, I have just a lot of like really intense emotions. And they kind of tend to manifest in these weird, like, physical compulsive behaviors or, like, compulsive thoughts that are not very kind. (laughs) So a lot of the stuff that you see on my Instagram or, like, if you come to an event, it's not really, like, metaphorical in any way. That's just kind of, like, the image that my (laughs) brain is putting in my head, and that's the only way for me to get it out. Sure. Um, it was never really much of, like, a curated artist persona. It was kind of just, I put out whatever I'm comfortable with when I'm comfortable with it. I 
that's just kind of like who I am, I guess, because it wasn't ever to, intended for anybody else. And now you have to self-censor yourself. I know. That was so, that was today, and that was so scary. I thought my whole Instagram was going to be taken down, but I fixed it. Good. Because, uh, I mean, that's one of my favorite follows on there is I, I love following your work, but also is I don't understand why someone would go out of their way to report another when it comes to something like creative like that because if you don't like it you don't have to look at it right yeah <laughs> well instagram just started doing this new thing for professional like business accounts where because before my instagram just got taken down and it wouldn't let me recover it and there was no customer service and this was before it was owned by like facebook or meta or mm -hmm. whatever and instagram had a customer service phone line but it hadn't worked in like seven years um, everyone just kind of dipped off of that, I guess. Um, but they just started doing this new thing where they'll tell you, like, that your posts have been reviewed under community guidelines and they're not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And so I actually was really grateful that I had the chance to, like, remedy that and take those down before my whole account was gone. Because I've had the losing it experience and I just really don't want to have it again. I've just finally, like, begun getting people back. I don't want to lose that. But um, it bothers me a lot. I feel like it takes away from, and this might sound really pretentious, but, like, the purity of the art. I don't like obstructing it in any capacity. And I have had a lot of difficulty understanding, as I've gotten more vulnerable with my work, why, like, female anatomy is so taboo because it's i i've drawn men before and i mean it's nothing like below the belt but if there's like nipples in it they don't like it mm. and i don't get it i guess i feel like i'm missing something but it's such a it's such a red flag on social media and i struggle with getting around that a lot i'm not a big fan of it it yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense to me I'm not with it uh, at all. Um, like, I guess it's, you know, Zuckerberg or Elon Musk or whomever's platform, but I've, you know, I think all things have the right to be there, and if you don't like it, you know, just don't affiliate with it. You know, you don't have to, you know, and, and I'm like, I guess it would be free speech absolutist as far as, like, I believe you can say whatever you want to say. I don't think those things are good. Yeah. But you have, you can exercise that right. The same with visual arts or, you know, with music or anything. Yeah. And if I don't like it, I just won't associate. You know? Yeah. I definitely think that I believe in the the sanctity of freedom of speech. And, of course, that doesn't mean without consequence. Sure. Um, yeah. If you say something people don't like, they're... They have freedom of speech as well. They're well within their power to communicate that to you. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram is just really strange because there's a, it's, they, it draws a line between classical art and like digital art or more modern art where if there's like female anatomy or nudity in like a sculpture or a painting, then it won't get taken down. But if it's my work, then it will. But then with some other artists, it won't. And I just really don't like how up Where, in the air it is. Yeah, it's where's the line? Of, it's kind of terrifying because yeah. the guidelines are so vague. And I believe, like I know, I'm sure they do that on purpose because they can't list every single problem that could ever happen on social media. That's impossible. Right. But it's like when that is your whole livelihood and your goal is to be like an online artist because like that's where i think the future of art is whether you like it or not it's on social media um it's just really stressful because you could just lose it all and mm. that's your whole career and then you have to build it back up and i've done it before and i was better off doing it the first time because it gave me a chance to sit and rethink what I wanted to do but you can only really do it so many times before you just kind of stop putting stuff out there and not stop making it because I could I think I would like 
I'm like an art shark. Like, if I stopped doing it, I would die or something. <laughs> but stop sharing it with people. And that would be really sad. Yeah, that's the whole point of it, right? Yeah. You get that, like, community. Um, I didn't know if you had finished your thought on, um, like, with the art that you're making now. And the, Oh, gosh. I didn't know if you wanted to get back into that. I just wanted to catch you right there with the, <laughs> the censorship because I, I noticed that today. Yeah, I I figured that that was going to come up. That was a very stressful <laughs> couple hours for me. I was, like, sending my, my panic message in the broadcast channel and everything. I don't... I don't... I feel like I should know what to say about my own work, but I've just started becoming a lot more vulnerable online and doing, like, the, the diary entries and stuff like that. I'm really bad at articulating, like, what emotion goes into making something. Because sometimes it's just really unpleasant to hear, um, and sometimes it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But... A lot of my stuff, I think, is centered around just the experience of being, you know, like a feminine, an AFAB person, um, dealing with mental illness, just growing up, being a young girl in, like, a, a conservative neighborhood, being held to a lot of, like, weird, little nitpicky societal standards. It can be when you have any sort of mental illness that can feel just even more emotionally taxing. And, like, if it's something that's not pretty or that's not really shown in a positive light ever, like a personality disorder or, like, bipolar disorder, which is what I have as well, um, it can be really hard to communicate with people how that feels and to talk about it. And so that's kind of... That my only way to and, communicate how and that, that may feels. be like how why I relate to it so well because mm-hmm. I've I've got uh, three members in my immediate family that had bipolar disorder. Really, I happen to be the only normal one, so I'm just <laughs> I'm just waiting for that to go. I know off. I'm the only bipolar one in my family, so maybe we <laughs> maybe we were sent to each other. But like when I when I see that and like you know when you open up with the journal entries or you know with through the broadcast and you're you're sharing a little bit of yourself and like where it come from it's mm-hmm. like i kind of you know i can kind of see your eye behind it you know yeah and so like and when i see those images like that it's like mm, you know i say it's i say it's beautiful and maybe it's like that thought that you were carrying out right there is like that standard mm-hmm. that well if it has to be this or it's not it's not what it's it's not right you know yeah. or however you want to put it and like when i see stuff like that i, I see it it's real and uh you know you I, I just relate to it everything that i feel as someone with all of these things i've got going on it's just really it's a symptom of multiple disorders that I have is that all of my feelings are very physical and so that's just kind of like I can't I can't metaphorically translate it like that's just how it feels sure I can't do it any other way and it's there's something really really freeing as someone who grew up like a a cheerleader and stuff like that and very like outgoing and try really hard to be like perfect all the time to have your work have like a mix of like oh she's so someone one of my friends described it as like she's so pretty what's wrong with her and I feel like that's the best that's the best way to talk about it because that's how it feels is like you can be as good as you want, that's something that I have, I think, recently opened up that I struggle with a lot. It's just, like, the the struggle to figure out how to maintain the idea that you are a good person after doing things that people think are bad. Um, I completely lost my thought. But that's been really important to me, and that pushes a lot of my work, is a lot of things that I've done in my past and stuff like that they feel like 
I don't know. Like is that a physical. way of letting it go? I can't get it off, you know? It's on me forever. And so that's sometimes what it feels like I look like. If you go back and you list everything that I've ever done or that's ever happened to me and you were to make it physical, like that's, I feel like, what it would look like. Right on. Let's, uh, how did you land the job at MSU? <laughs> um, my good friend, the McGowan's. <laughs> Shout um, out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe is probably just one of the most encouraging people I've ever known. Well, as far glad as like, I just, met that man. <laughs> yeah, he's wonderful. Shout out, buddy. Their whole family is just like some of the sweetest, most encouraging people. And the art community that they've created and sort of encouraged throughout is just so positive and welcoming and really nice to have in a place like this where it could be super clicky and cut off and dry because of how small it is and it's not it's not at all and i definitely have them to thank for that but we had done the starkville area arts council winter showcase and it was my first gallery show since high school and joe was there and he was talking about his job and i didn't really fully know what he did for work yet I thought he just did art I knew he hadn't finished school um and I didn't really I still kind of had I guess that like antique idea that you can't do anything if you haven't finished school unless you're your own like business owner you know you can't work for like a government entity if you haven't finished school that sort of thing but he he works for the university (laughs) I know and he was like oh yeah you can definitely do that without a degree and I was already working in that building just by some like miracle of fate I was like an office administrator there like an intermittent student worker and so my hours were almost up and he just put in like a really really good word for me with um some of the people that are in charge of the museum and then I had an interview with them and showed them my stuff and they they liked it and they wanted to see more of what I could do and I I think I've done pretty well I'm still there so right but he definitely like opened that door for me and I'm really really grateful to him for that all right three questions and we'll walk it out of the door sound good yeah of uh, what do you make of the future what are you looking forward to um what's your goals I don't know. I don't really have a lot of like grandiose plans because the art, I mean, it was never for anybody but me. So, like, being famous would be really cool, obviously. Well, but I think it's, I'm okay I think it's if awesome that, that. You've, you've, built a, you've built a community. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing to me. I guess it's just my primary goal would be maintaining that and continuing, like, what I've started, just just being more vulnerable online and not being so afraid anymore. Contextualizing my pieces, I think. I thought it would isolate people, but it seems to draw people in. Where people are like, oh, I definitely feel that. Mm -hmm. And that was the reason why I hadn't shared stuff before, but then I got so frustrated with people thinking that my work was like fetish art or anything like that. I just couldn't really take it anymore because that's the opposite of what it was. And um, people would reach out to me and want to interview me for, like, fetish magazines and stuff like that. Oh, wow. And well, I, I hit like, a home that's run then. really went, cool, but that's not for me. <laughs> I'm glad I went the opposite. I know. <laughs> I went the you're right do- way. <laughs> you're doing great. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess my goal for the future would just be to be able to maintain the community, the very small community that I have, and grow it as much as possible. Uh, question two mm-hmm. is um, maybe someone can really relate to your story and um, they feel trapped and they don't really know what to do. Uh, what would you recommend? Oh, gosh. I'm going to cry already. <coughs> it's really difficult from from my perspective, I think, to give any real advice because I always I'm still very much figuring it out um I think the most important thing would be there's no like perfect healing you're never gonna be 
perfectly healed the way that social media, I think, tells you. It's okay to not be fully past things all the time. And it's okay to just feel your feelings, I guess. Um, having good outlets and good people around you. And being a good person around yourself. Like, be kind to yourself and be someone that you feel like you could talk to if you don't have anybody else. If that's writing or music or art. Because that, honestly, that's what that was in the beginning for me. was just, like, a conversation with myself about what I was going through. Because it felt like my... It felt like parts of my brain were so disconnected, but it can be really lonely at times when you suffer with those kinds of things and it feels like everybody is against you, um, but they're not, <laughs> even if it feels that way, and you just can't be against yourself. You have to always be very proud of yourself especially if you struggle with stuff like that like you've come this far and that's a really really great thing and you just have to be consistent with reminding yourself of that especially in this kind of stressful society that we've built slowing down and breathing and taking pride in everything that you've accomplished is really important i think that would be my main thing is just being proud it, it seems like, um, I'll, I'll say this and we'll walk out of the door with the last question, but I've, personally, I think social media has been a net positive for me and what I've been trying to build, and I think it's mm -hmm. a net positive for you. And I think a lot of people get trapped with social media. I think the, the bits and pieces of a lot of people's lives they share on social media is not true. And it, it gets other people to playing the keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, absolutely. And so, like, to go along with that is uh, uh, don't worry about or be concerned with what others are doing with envy yeah. or strife. Just if they're flexing, just be happy for them and don't <laughs> move on. Social <laughs> media is definitely, you have to if you want to be on it and not hurt yourself or your self-esteem because it's so easy to it's almost built for that you just have to see it as a form of expression like I post my stuff on there and I get feedback from my friends but I don't really seek out like other people's pages unless they're other artists makes sense and you have to be really strong with yourself to not play that comparison game unless you're going to make something good out of it. Yeah. Like, unless you can use that to hold yourself to a higher standard and then work towards that higher standard. But if that's going to paralyze you and keep you from doing anything, you just have to step away altogether because that can't go anywhere positive. Last question. It's a tough one. Oh, gosh. Will you please plug your social? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have to remember all that I have because it's a lot. Um, so on Instagram, Tumblr, and TikTok, it's just at Pluki Bunny. It's, I should probably spell that. <laughs> it's P-L-U-K-I-B-U-N-N-I. -I. Um, and then my email is linked on there. My DMs are always open. I'm always willing to talk. My commissions are always open. Um, I've got uh, a print shop and a t-shirt shop. They're both linked in my Instagram, but they're both the same name on Redbubble, Threadless, and Big Cartel. It's all Plucky Bunny. Okay, great. And of any, I guess it's not the last question, any um, galleries or festivals or anywhere in the real world where people can come check your stuff out you got anything planned um i'm going to be in tupelo in september for change fest nice um so you can definitely check that out super super excited i think people there will be into your into your stuff yeah i love the people in tupelo and especially at change that whole crowd they're so into it and it just is such like a a nice little ego boost 
Um, and then I'll be in Oxford sometime in September for the Punk Flea Market with Southern Punk Archive. So another crowd that is very near and dear to my heart. There so you go. You can check me out there. And then I'll post other events that I have coming up on my Instagram and stuff. Well, great. Go find her on Instagram and all the other socials. And Plum, thank you so much for opening up. Thank you for having me. I hope the things that I said made sense. <laughs> right on. When I fall Out of my prime Barely in time Will you lift Me up When I can Seem to see the light Stuck in the night Will you lift me up? I don't know why I'm this way I don't know what brings me down Yeah to say I don't want no one around If you don't mind the trouble too much When I fall Will you lift me up Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.